0: This message is brought to you by Heartland Family Fellowship. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. We thank you for listening in on our podcast, and hope that the Lord does bless you as you listen today. We had prophets who actually were told by God to write things down, and so God would actually speak into the ear of the prophet, and the prophet would take it and write it down then there was God using angels actually in the Old Testament you saw it all the time where an angel would show up and say something to David or say something to whoever and they had to have it recorded but God would speak to this this angel being and then the angel would show up and talk to you know the prophet or the recorder and they would have to write it down okay So I'm just going to give a few words to our little angel girl. And she has to say the exact words, exactly word for word, and whisper it in Ian's ear, and Ian has to write it down. I want to do the soap You can do it. (laughs) Tori, you want to try it? (laughs) Okay. Yes! we got a willing volunteer. Okay. Now, all you have to do is whisper in his ear exactly what I say. Okay? All right. Okay, let's see if the angel girl listened carefully. And we're going to find that out by having the prophet read what the angel girl said. Okay? Ian, what was spoken to you? In the beginning, God created man. the That was exact. Even though that's kind of a simple illustration, you need to understand something. I'm a human. I'm not God. Thank God. Now, when God decides to speak some very very special things happen in and around the person and we're going to talk about those today because this is the number one thing happening in our churches today is they're denying the absolute word of God being the actual words of God and we are actually going to show you why they are pushing this false belief in our churches today we have to talk about this so our little ones who are growing up into this next generation have a deeper and richer understanding of why we must cling to the word of god we all hopefully have a have a bible or two or three or four but you know we live in a world that there are some countries that actually have to tell their people to cut Holy Bible off of the cover because if their enemies see Holy Bible written on a book they just flip out and sometimes they'll cut off their fingers sometimes they cut off an arm sometimes they get tortured in other ways that's just because they're carrying one of these around Then there's other places in the world that they literally have to take pages of the Bible out and rip them out and hand them to people because they can't get a hold of a full Bible. We Americans are spoiled. I mean, I just grabbed a few of the Bibles that we have. Some of these Bibles are three, four generations old. This Bible was my grandfather's preaching Bible. And when I was a baby, he said to my father, make sure that Stephen gets this. So after I became born again, and my father was in rebellion at the time, he didn't even want to give it to me, but at 16 years of age, he comes in and tosses this at me and says, your grandfather wanted you to have this. How in the world would my grandfather know that I was going to be a passionate preacher about the absolute word of God? We have to to ask these questions because these are the questions that are being asked of the church and the church doesn't have any answers. So they're saying, see, you don't know what you're talking about. You're making this stuff up. God doesn't speak to us today. The reason why that we are able to have one, two, three, four, five or more Bibles in our homes is because of this freedom we have in our country and the printing press which now we use copy machines let's take a look at this a little closer why should we trust the Bible number one is because it is God's spoken word and that means he would speak it someone please tell me how the earth was created it was spoken Just by a word coming off of God's tongue, something was done. Action always follows words. Always. Whether it's Satan, whether it's God, whether it's a follower of Satan or a follower of God. Action always follows words. If you say, I hate you, you're going to start showing actions of hatred. If you say, I love you, you're going to start showing actions of, I love you. Actions always follow the word. God knows that. When God opens his mouth, he doesn't care if you listen. Because it's going to happen whether you listen or don't listen. It's going to happen. He doesn't need you to listen. He wants you to listen. He wants you to listen so you can have action inside you when He speaks. But see, we live in a world today that we don't really care if God speaks or not. So therefore, there's not a whole lot of action that is Christ-centered anymore. Because people don't care. They don't believe that as soon as a single word comes off of God's tongue, that there is going to be action. If He says death, you're going to die. If he says life, you're going to be on the the edge of dying and come back to life. Now I'm going to tell you a true story. And it's not just true because a person told it to me, it is true because I experienced it. It's true because my mother told me and it's true because of a doctor told my mother. But when I was 11 years of age, I had a very serious allergic reaction. They rushed me to the hospital. They injected something in me that made it worse. I think it was some kind of an an adrenaline thing. And I was sitting there in the chair. And they were smart enough to know that I shouldn't leave right away after this injection. It was a shot of steroids to stop the asthma attack from stopping me from breathing. And so I'm sitting there, and, and the, the whole room goes into this tunnel. And it gets darker and lighter just at the end of the, that tunnel. And then pretty soon all I saw was this tunnel, all this darkness around me, and this kind of like tube that I was, you know, you look through an old toilet paper tube or a paper towel tube. That's kind of what it looked like. And then the next thing I knew I was up in the corner of the room looking down at my own body and my mother was pulling her hair, the nurse was holding my mother and the doctor was pushing on my chest. And I heard a voice behind me. And I'm telling you, what was behind me was not a pleasant feeling. It wasn't all angelic and holy, holy, holy. This was a very, very dark moment and then the next thing i knew and i have memory of all this and the next thing i knew i was staring at the doctors face years later i thought it was a dream as a child years later i said this to my mother and my mother said that honey that was not a dream that is exactly what happened on their part see god gave me just a little taste of what happens did I completely die? Uh, I don't know. They said my heart stopped. And they had to restart it. But there was something between my heart stopping and this dark place. Because I was not born again. I didn't get saved until I was 16. This happened when I was 11. Now, I don't believe God takes you into heaven and lets you visit all the rooms. I'm not, when I hear books come out like that, I go, don't go there. Because there's too many scriptures that say we do not have that prerogative. But there's millions of testimonies of people who have that kind of experience where there's, there's, there's something on the other side of your last breath. And sometimes God warns us through a spoken word and i have i have stories like this in my own childhood just like you guys do that god does speak god does warn us god does call us i've got to tell you another story that happened this week why does god give me these experiences that's his business but many of you are aware of the story that i that. I recently told that I've kept private for many years but then God released me to tell the story about my dream first year we're married about this mansion and so forth and so on and it was a dream it wasn't a vision although uh, there was 10 minutes part of it I was awake staring at the wall and I was hearing God when he was said thus is your life you will no longer be in bondage to fear well there was quite a bit of time between that dream and when uh, fear left my life because you got to remember there was so much fear in my life I couldn't even go into a 7-eleven or a, a quick shop and get a package of gum I would shake so bad and stutter so bad but God kept me in that state until he decided to free me from fear Recently, as I told you, God released me to tell this story after quite a few years. And if you remember from that story, there was another gentleman that had the exact same dream, the exact same year, and we think the exact same month, except for he actually built the building. And if you remember, I was called to come visit this building in Florida, and I did, This rich man paid for me to go there and it was exactly like my sketches that I drew back in 1977. It was a miraculous story. Well, this week I get a call from a guy from Canada. This gentleman calls me and he says, I had a dream just like yours. I said, really? Tell me about it. So he told me about it. And it was exactly like mine. When God speaks a word, whether it's in your dream or whether it's in your devotional time, there's going to be action. Do not consider a spoken word of God to be passivity. That's what developed the emergent church. Number two, because the word is God, it's not just that He's speaking it, it comes out of Him because He is it. Huge difference. I am not the Word. But I can speak it. As soon as I think I am the Word, I have a Messiah complex. People think they're Christ. And it happens all over the world every day, doesn't it? People who think they're Christ. Because they think they are the Word. Only God is the Word. And Jesus became the Word big difference speaking it and being it that's what separates us from the living God even as his children he is the word we speak his word because Jesus became the word of God that's exactly what the scriptures say he became God was and he became Well, it didn't stop there as we know. Since Jesus is the Word and He became He came to live within us, the Word is in all indwelt Christians. If you believe that, and by the way, if you don't believe this, I will question your salvation. I will question the pastor of a church. If he does not or she does not believe that Jesus is the word and that Christianity means Jesus comes to live inside you, indwell you, we have a serious problem between you and I. Because the action follows word. And if you don't believe in the indwelt life of Christ, but you just believe in being spiritual formed or formation, which means following Christ, there's a difference in following Christ and having Christ in you. Huge difference. The church that is questioning the authenticity of the Word of God are churches that believe in spiritual formation, which means following Jesus. We're not just called to be followers of Jesus, we are called to be the temple to bear Jesus, to be the shell to bear Jesus, to have Jesus living inside of us. And you can't have that unless you have a born again experience. So these are the basics of the word. Well, Satan hates what I'm saying right now. I guarantee you. You don't hear this preached in most churches. Number f- if people question the authenticity of the word, they will question the authenticity of What's that say, Ian? Jesus. That's the deception. So, Satan knows that. If Satan can get people to question this being the absolute word of God, he, he doesn't care about this book. He cares about the people believing in the authenticity of Jesus because when Jesus speaks in you there's gonna be action he doesn't want action he would rather have a bunch of religious people running around writing books on how wonderful Jesus is but not having the power does that bring a verse to mind to anyone for they are learning 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 but denying the power thereof. You see, He doesn't care if you learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. He just doesn't want you saying this is the absolutes of God because the, the Word being Jesus now, Jesus living inside of us, if He speaks, He is in trouble because if we're afraid of something, all we have to do is speak the truth and we'll be set free. Why do you speak the truth and you don't get set free? Is because you're subtly buying into this lie. There could be some leftover lies going on in your soul that you really don't believe the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword literally dividing the soul from the spirit, the joint from the marrow, and able to judge every thought and intention of the heart. Do you or do you not believe that? Here's what most people believe about the word of God they believe it's a sword they even write books about it you know and they go up and they try to use this word to, to, to cut you know the the joint from the morrow nothing happens they try to fight with it and people laugh at them because it's a foam sword It's it's, it's nothing and Satan knows it He's not afraid because there's no real action. It's not the real deal. It's not the real Jesus. He's an emergent Jesus walking the face of the earth thinking that got the whole world thinking he's the man. In a reality, it's the enemy using a foam sword. Well, as most of you know, I'm a sword collector. One of my favorite swords is with my father's World War II sword. And this is a sword, supposedly, as a family story goes. We're always careful about our family stories. But this does come with paperwork from the President of the United States. So we're assuming it's a true story. Supposedly, this is a sword that my father was stabbed with. And he, disse, he had the scars to prove it going in here and coming out down here because supposedly he threw himself on his commanding officer's body. Japanese enemy was coming down with the sword and he took the sword for his officer. I used to get this sword out growing up and just touching the edge of the blade I'd get cut. These samurai swords are the real deal. And they wanted to cut. And when they move and they fight with this thing, they want it to do what it's supposed to do. This is the real deal. If I really want to go to battle, out of all my swords, this is the one I'm going to grab, even to this day. My other swords are real swords. They're not decorative. They just don't have the edge put on them yet. Except for the one I have from the Civil War, which was actually the sword that belonged to President Harding. This actual sword did. It was given to me by one of his grandchildren. His son didn't want it. He knew I collected swords, so he gave it to me. This is a real sword, but it is a officer's sword to be worn at special events, so they did not put the edge on it. But I could put an edge on this and still use it to this day. It is in absolute wonderful condition, and I've been told so. Now, but it's not the one I would grab if someone came at me, if the enemy came at me. The one I would grab would be the the samurai sword, because even after all these years, it's going to do the job. Now, if I'm going to train a young man, how to use a sword, I'm going to use this. Q's got one of these, and I have one of these, and it's been a while, but we used to horse around with this. And I have taken lessons, many lessons, on on how to fence or to sword fight, and this is how you would train someone by using something a little stronger than the foam fake sword, but something strong enough where you can teach them the art of using a sword. What does the Bible call the Word of God? A sword. You just add an S to the front of it. Hebrew word picture for sword is a weapon. we are just adding an S. Even the, the English just adds an S. It's a weapon. It's to cut. Well, the enemy knows that. He knows that it's really the life of Jesus because it's really the life of God. So when He speaks inside you, something's going to happen. Unless He's a fake Jesus. Nothing is going to happen. If you don't have power in your Christian life, you have an issue with believing the power of the Word. That's all there is to it. It should be a normal, natural, neutral thing for you to have power in your life. That doesn't mean you get everything you want. It just means true Christians have true power. We should see miracles all the time. When the guy called called me from Canada, the only reason why I questioned him to the level that I did is I wanted to make sure he was authentic. That he believed in the same Jesus Christ as I did. And when we were done after an hour discussion, I knew he was my brother. They're all over the world like that. And I've never even met these people. Some are listening right now. They bear witness with the truth. Because the truth lives in them. So when Finney speaks it, they may be over in Africa going, yes, yes, this is truth what this man is saying. Why not because of Steve Finney, but because I'm holding the real sword and using it, hopefully, accurately. This is John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and I'm reading out of my favorite version, which is New American Standard Bible, unless it's the original language. That's my actual favorite, but I'm not that good at it yet. Okay? But, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. So, the Word is a lot thicker than this book. Do you realize that? This is just the highlights. There's so much to God's word that it's going to take us going to heaven to see him. And that's it. It's seeing him is seeing the word. But the word's with God. And then the word was God. This is a quick sketch of God. That's what it is. It's testimonies, old testimonies and new testimonies of who God is. Then, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. We're speaking of Christ here now. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light, And we've had several sermons about what the light is. So, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This part is what most people memorize. This part, I've met few Christians that can explain that to me. What does it really mean that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it? Someone tell the kids here what it means not to be able to comprehend something. Don't understand it. Do you know that people in darkness have no ability to understand the truth? Zero. Do you realize the Holy Spirit says, unless the Spirit brings understanding to the Scriptures, you're not going to get it. And that is not even the Holy Spirit's not even going to give you understanding until God speaks it. Let Steve understand it now. Okay. So you can drill your children with the truth, and they're not going to get it until God says so until God speaks it this is very critical because we are constantly throwing knowledge at people they're storing up knowledge but they have no power they have no way to understand darkness cannot comprehend what we are reading up here it can't the darkness of darkness can't understand creation it can't Why do they argue about evolution and evolution creationists and creation versus evolution? And then why do we have all these theories from Christians? Anytime I hear a funky, weird theory about darkness versus light, I listen very, very carefully because that will determine for me if they're born again. If you speak the truth to them that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and you walk them through a sequence of logic and they don't get it? Or they fight you? You need to ask a serious question. Are they of darkness? Or are they not? Or are they of the light? You see, I've met people who are of the light and they just don't get what I'm saying. And so they go, well, stay with me. I, I, think, I think I'm think i getting it. By... You see, they don't understand, but they're not darkened. That's how children are. They're, they just don't understand. But if they defy and lie to you, when you are sharing the truth then you have to ask a different question never ever expect a doorknob to act like a doorway you're not going anywhere with doorknobs but doorways will take you somewhere many people who claim to be Christians are nothing but doorknobs they're dead They function for a while, but they're not the door. Jesus used the illustration Himself about a door. He is the door. You see that? That's Him. He is that door. When He opens up, you can actually see the things of God. But the only way to see the things of God is you have to go through Him as all things do. I'm telling you, this is profound truths made simple. Yet we have people, men and women, that have several doctorate degrees that have no clue what I just said. No clue. I didn't need my doctorate to explain this to you. I was preaching this stuff before I got my doctorate. That doctorate is nothing compared to God's truth. It's a handle on a sword is what I say. Some are grip better than others. That's all it is. Helpful tools. Here we go. If someone So we're gonna quickly read through these verses. Because I don't want you to believe the diagram for the diagram because the diagram's kinda cute. Or even the diagram looks or sounds logical I want you to believe it because God spoke it okay who has first Corinthians Hi. chapter 8 verse 6 now if we take the the word authority and by the way most English words have the, the answer in the word that is a Latin technique that they teach you the definition For most English words are actually inside the word. So when you look at the word authority, you you cut it in half, and what do you have? Author. Authority becomes a significant issue in believing that the word is absolute words of God. Because God, the Father, is the author and the perfector of what? Our faith. Faith is simply the gasoline that is needed for your Christianity to walk out the word. That's what it is. So God it says in First Corinthians what? Get to us. Everything together, if you, if you pull it all together into one single thing, it is God. Now for those of you who have grown up in the church, grown up in reading your Bible, grown up in hearing all the Bible stories, you go, well, duh. But I guarantee you the generation these kids are going into are not going to say, Duh. Why? Because they question authority. Once you question authority, you will question the author and perfecter of faith. Who is the author and perfecter of faith in living form here today? Jesus Christ. How do you get the world to question who Jesus is? Who Rob Bell's Jesus is? Or who Steve Finney's Uh, Jesus is is by questioning the author simple so if someone is talking to you about an author that doesn't match the scriptures you better keep your arm out I don't care if they're your pastor your teacher your father your mother your brother your sister Jesus says you are not worthy of me if what if you honor your father, mother, brother, or sister, more than me. You see, nothing matters more than what we're showing you right now. Nothing. You've got to keep the author intact. You've got to keep Jesus, who is the author now, who is the word, came to dwell among us so we could behold his glory. Someone read John eight twenty-eight. now this is Jesus Christ who is the son of God who became the word and he's saying he doesn't do what? Do you know I have, I have a lot of spiritual sons and I got a couple in India several in Africa a bunch in Phoenix and I try to keep track of them not all of them stay in contact with me some more than others but I'll tell you what on one hand I can pick out certain sons that are actual functioning sons of a patriarch. Why? Because they are listening more than they're questioning. And their questions are for the fact that they want to listen better, easier. Jesus, being the Son of God, saying, what, honey? This is the Bible. Yeah. I know. So here's Jesus himself saying, I don't even speak on my own initiative. Because he is a proper spiritual son. He's learning from his father. Well, A lot of our fathers today are not good teachers. God knows that, and that's why he... Sends us spiritual fathers, like Paul to Timothy, which is where we get many of these truths. So John fourteen twenty six says, it says the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance the words of Jesus. Who's of the who are the words of Jesus? The word of God so we have the word of god which is now jesus we have the holy spirit that speaks and brings to remembrance the words of jesus not its own words not yours not what your mother said but brings to remembrance the words of jesus same 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 church leaders or elders they are to be so tuned in with god that they are to be speaking the words of God through the inspiration and reminders of the Holy Spirit. If they are coming up with cheap doctrines and they're your elders and they're your pastors, you need to question darkness. You see, anyone who is of truth may not be good at handling their sword, but they want to. So if you meet an elder who thinks that they're good with the sword and it doesn't match scripture, and if you bring up scripture to say that doesn't match scripture, and they argue, and they're arguing with things that don't even have anything to do with the word of God, they're confessing something to you. Motivational teachers don't impress me at all. I'm sorry, they don't. And I have met a lot of them. Just because you're good at teaching and preaching and and wrangling with the words of God does not mean you're of the spirit of the living God. That's right, honey. Every person who is of truth may not be able to define it to other levels that other Christians have, but it bears witness with them. And they want to learn, so they take notes. So they remember that. They they want to, you know, listen to the message again, or they wanna they wanna study, or they want you see, it's appealing to them to study to show thyself approved to handle accurately the word the life of God. That's what we're handling. We're not handling accurately words, we're handling accurately the life of God when we study the word. That's how serious it is to God. That's why He required everyone to stand up when you read it. And have absolute silence when it's read. Because it was a serious deal. Then government leaders. Now this may seem odd to you. But government leaders are underneath the leaders of the church. Now that's not the case in democracy. But it is the case in monarchy. And that's why the king was always under the cardinal. Now, the error there is is that the Catholic Church is not God's church. But they knew how it worked. They could control government through the church. So government leaders are to be listening to the elders of their church. The elders of the church is, is listening to the spirit. The Spirit is bringing to remembrance the words of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't speak on his own initiative. He speaks on the initiative of God. Husbands are to wash their wives with their own words. No. Husbands are to be washing their wives with the word. The life of God. Because they're not going to believe the husband unless it matches Scripture. Scripture. And that's why most marriages end in divorce. The wife doesn't believe the husband anymore. Honor always comes out of belief. As soon as you have a belief problem in a marriage, you have no honor. As soon as you have no honor, the marriage is gone. The wife becomes the leader. She serves her husband. She gets into this position. He becomes the doormat and feels like a doormat. Loses the position of honor. And it only takes a matter of years before This disintegrates, so Satan destroys the family unit creation through this deterioration. Satan always works from the bottom up. Get them to argue about creation. Get into the children's minds through public schools and whatever and have them believe different beliefs from different religions. Let them choose. We have a college here in town that believes in spiritual formation. Let the students choose. Huge mistake. I have no choice in truth. Truth chooses me. You understand that? Truth chooses me. Christ chooses me. So, then from the children, the destruction of the wife takes place. She gets restless. She doesn't believe her husband. The husband starts deteriorating. He doesn't believe his political leaders, of course. We know what kind of a mess is going on there. And then they're not listening to the church leaders anymore. That's a joke. And then the Holy Spirit has a decision given to him by God himself, and that is whether the Spirit will move in the hearts of those Christian leaders anymore. See... All God has got to tell Jesus to tell the Holy Spirit is to stop right here. He can build schools of theology all over the world and you will accomplish absolutely nothing. Because the Spirit will not empower lies. The Spirit will not empower half-truths. The Spirit will not empower people who say they believe in the truth, but they're not in the power thereof it. He walked. It's a wasted investment. The Spirit only invests in leaders that believe in the Word. Because they'll believe in Jesus. They'll believe in the power of Jesus. And they will have faith to walk the Word out. Then this leader can speak to government leaders, can speak to husbands, wives, children, and the dog will finally obey. Why do we have an animal rights world today? Why do we believe that animals, uh, dogs go to heaven? Why do we believe that the greatest movement in the world today is animal rights? Why? Is because of what I'm showing you. Where a dog has more value than that abusive husband. There's more money spent from government on saving ants and dogs and monkeys and trees and mountains And on and on and on, they're spending more of our efforts down here than they are of preserving the marriage. Satan is so easy to figure out, it's ridiculous. But I've spoken, I've shown this very diagram to White House staff. And I'm telling you, the warring that goes on right here, because they don't have this, in here. They have broken marriages. They're on their fifth and sixth marriage. They themselves are involved in stuff they shouldn't be involved in. So you think the Holy Spirit's going to work through those church leaders, to work through government leaders, to work through the family, to work through creationism again? No, it's not going to happen. That's why the world will be upside down by the time Jesus comes back. This will be completely upside down. It'll be animals, it'll be children's rights, and I can already read docu- uh, a documentation to you from the UN that says by 2025 children will have decision-making abilities over their parents in every family in the entire world. So it'll be dog, children, women, men, church leaders or government leaders, probably be government leaders and then the church leaders. That's where we're going. Why? Because people don't believe in the authenticity of the Word of God. Not everyone believes that the Bible is the true words of God. That's the facts. You would think because you would go into a beautiful building that has a cross on top of the roof they have Bibles in all of the pews, and they recite scripture from the pulpit. They sing uh, precious hymns and songs of praise. They have some churches I've been in have fancy bands, some don't. You would think you are sitting there and you're about to listen to a preacher who believes that the word of God is absolute, is authentic and is authentically the very words of God and guess what you get a bunch of curtailed lies that they take the bible and sugarcoat the lies and use the scriptures in such a fancy way that this lie that you're hearing you know is not right but all of a sudden you're wondering wow we really should take advantage of not rejecting the unsaved by changing our roles in the church and don't offend people with absolutes. And they decided to not support the idea of the pastors preaching anything but the gospels from the pulpit. No more Paul's writings because they were too controversial about men and women and teachings, and, and, and. They made a proclamation from the head of the church that the pastors will only preach from the Gospels. Well, I didn't let it stop there in my mind. I went and asked a few questions because I knew over the past 15 years, which you're going to learn about next week's sermon, that they found four more Gospels. One they made a movie about, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. This church is exploring the possibility of the authenticity of those other four Gospels. You see how it works? You just make that first step, and I'm sure that the guy that suggested it, hopefully, didn't want to offend people in the church. That was his reasoning. Let's just preach the Gospels. Jesus is working. Well, the fact is, if you don't believe in the absolute Word of God, you're not going to believe that the Gospels are actually Jesus because their number one question, which I will pop up next week, is their statements, which I literally cut and pasted out of their questions that have been gathered by this research place that I work with. Their number one question is, how in the world did these disciples get all these exact words 86 years after the fact. Their minimum 65 years after the fact. They can't be true. Because who can trust a human? So if we added three more people with with the children, by the time it got to the fourth or fifth person, they're writing stuff down that's pretty quirky. In the beginning was our dog, and the dog was with us among... Who knows what would come out? That's how they're thinking. Because they are taking it literal from one voice to one pen. One pen to a voice. Voice to a pen. And that's how generations record the Word of God generation after generation. Until we have a translation today called NIV. For those of you who do not know, all pre-published NIVs will no longer be published after January 1, 2012. They are only going to publish the gender friendly bible they're not even making that public a reporter friend of mine gave me that information because he knew i'd write about it Why? because they don't want people know that transition occurred in niv so any new niv you you buy from here on out is gender friendly they took six thousand three hundred and eighty he's out of the bible including god as he the father That's how serious this is. It's it's a huge problem. Because everyone does not, who says they're Christian, does not believe this. So next week, I am going to be sharing with you the ten keys to understanding the Word of God being the Word, as in plural, words of God, and Word, singular, Word of God. Now I want to close with this. You can pick up your Bible and most are going to say the Holy Bible, the Word of God. When people talk about the Bible, they usually say Word of God. They do not say Words of God. In the verse, if you break it down in the Hebrew appropriately, it says both. So when they put the word of God inside that opening page, they're absolutely correct in every version that did it. Because what they're initially saying is, This is God. This is God. So now I get to ask the next question. Well, what's the difference between word of God and words of God? Good question. You see that verse that we showed, if you just hang on to the first phrase, you're going to confuse a lot of people. you can say, well, you mean God's inside of a book? Should we cherish this book as it's holy? And they did that for quite a few generations, remember? They would literally touch the book itself very carefully and have a special place on the coffee table and have gold sprayed on the, the edges of the pages. Mine even has that. And, you know, they, there was this special thing about the book. That's because they're stopping at the phrase. No, he said, He was the Word. He is the Words. He's the life in the Words. And then he gave that life to us. The life lives inside of us. And we behold his glory. You've got you to cover the whole, the whole context. That's what we have to do. We need to teach this to our children. How to include the whole context of the word, words, life of Jesus, Jesus dying on the cross. I die on the cross. The, the word comes inside me through the Spirit. See, we've got to teach the whole deal. It's the full gospel. Churches that don't teach that, I'm not supporting. I don't care who they are. I've seen some big preachers fall. Big famous preachers literally crumble on stage. God can take a life when he wants. God can build a life when he wants. When God says, Study to show thyself approved to handle accurately his life. Because you children are representatives of his life. Not as words alone. The printing press was 1455. 1455. It took 100 years to get a Bible in someone's hands after the praying press. Who got them? Well, they, the men of the cloth. So who did they believe? The men of the cloth. The cloth is like a gown that pastors wear, you know. They're the holy ones. Well, there are a few other Bible rivals that wanted to get the Word, the words in the hands of the people so they understand the life. That the Word of God lives and dwells within them and they behold His glory. And that is from 1555 forward. And Now we've got so many of these in print and so many different translations. I got the statistics I'll show you next week. That's embarrassing. There's more printings and translations and paraphrases coming out per year that the end times of Jesus Christ have to be right on our doorstep. Because these paraphrases and translations that are coming out are all twisted. And people are buying them. And they think they're great translations. One of the first questions out of my mouth is, I say, which Bible do you preach from? Well, what do you mean, which Bible? I preach from the Holy Bible. Okay. Which Holy Bible do you preach from? He told me. And I said, I don't know if you have the data of this or not, but I'm very curious. What Bible is most used from the pulpit? There were two. And I will mention the one, NIV. So I gave him an update from this reporter, investigator friend of mine of what's happening with the publishing of NIV starting January 1 of 2012. And I said, you need to tell your pastors that you're responsible for what is going on. It's so subtle that solid denominations like one he's a part of is going to go, very liberal, very quick, because no one is telling them what NIV did. That's why I boycott it 100%. Every version. I don't say go back to the old ones because there's tons of flaws in the old ones. There's flaws in all English translations. But if they are a word for word translation, that's different. There's not very many of those, word for word. Most do Phrase for phrase. Father, we thank you and praise you and honor you for the truth. Thank you for joining us today. Heartland Family Fellowship is a local church plant here in Sterling, Kansas. Our fellowship includes the family in all levels of worship. Our mission is to bring families back together spiritually, relationally, and physically. Many people ask us what does that really mean or how does it benefit them? Well it means that you can bring your entire family to any of Heartland's events and we will work to keep the focus on God, Jesus Christ, and the body of Christ without dividing up the family at the front door. If you're interested in learning more about our fellowship or other family integrated fellowships please log on to our website that is www.heartlandfellowships.org. We thank you for joining us. Get yourself in a bind, lose a shirt off your back. and Need a floor, need a couch, need a bus pack.